everybody, I'm Mitch Golich, and welcome to episode 20 of Mitch Eats Food, a podcast where I talk about eating food. Now this is a new episode, but it's part two of my trip to Korea. So if you are new and joining us for the first time, you might want to go back and check out episode 19 first, where I talk about my morning at the Jamunjin Fish Market. Now especially because this is not just a continuation of that trip, but a continuation of the very same day. Uh, as I said in that episode, two crazy meals four hours apart. So it might be smart to subscribe in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play, and then go back and check out episode episode 19 before hopping back in here. I want to say thanks to those who have subscribed already, and especially to anyone who has left me a rating or a review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Please keep those coming. And as a reminder, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for food pictures to see all of this good stuff that I'm eating and to leave comments. Just search Mitch Goldich in all three places and you'll find me. So some of you might already know what I'm about to get into because I, as I mentioned in the last episode, I wrote about this whole day for Sports Illustrated. That's why I was in South Korea to cover the Olympics. And so if you search my archives at si.com or look on my Twitter or my uh, Facebook page, you'll see where I wrote all about our food adventures. So yes, this is an episode all about the Yangol Persimmon Treehouse. Now, for those of you who are new or haven't read, I will tell you all about it. This place, this place does not exist. You can't Google it. I couldn't tag pictures of my meal on Instagram. It is basically a secret location. Uh, I was extremely lucky that I came across this place. Basically, SI found a local food expert, and the idea was to have her take us around with a professional chef and show us some places, and somehow she had an inn here, so she was able to get us on the list. The place is basically, it's like this compound of three buildings, and we rolled in. The woman who runs the place knew that we were coming, and so she had everything all set up for us. There's basically this one room that has just four tables, and it's a Korean barbecue place. I should have said that at the top. So it's Korean barbecue, and set up similar to places that you'll go to in America or other places in Korea where there's just the one big flat grill in the top and in like the center for everyone to sit around. The difference is that this restaurant just had no tables, just four grills, and the grills were built into these clay furnaces. So we got kind of a history lesson and we were told that the clay furnaces were how they used to heat all their homes back in, uh, I don't know, I'm not actually sure what era, but back in, let's just call it the old days. So uh, we sit around, it's in this little room, it's on a freezing cold day, and the grill was so hot that it basically just heats the whole room in addition to cooking our food. We, uh, it fogged up all the windows, we had to take all of our jackets and layers off. The woman actually gave us a plastic bag big enough for all of our winter coats so that we could take clothes off. The other reason for that is just because of the smoke filling the room. And as I wrote about in the piece, I smelled like meat smoke for the entire day. So went in hoping for a good meal, left with not just a, a full stomach, but also just reeking of barbecue as a reminder of what a ridiculous meal we had all had. So we get there, and there's only one thing on the menu in this place. It's Jeju Black Pig. That is a specific breed of pig from Jeju, which is an island south of Korea. It was explained to me as basically like Korea's version of Hawaii. And they have this pig that lives there. So the meat is actually, I was told, not – you can't even get it in the United States. And so obviously right away that is part of the appeal in addition to what it tastes like. Just anytime you tell me there's something that I literally can't get in America, that is a huge appeal of being able to try this thing. So 
literally that's the only thing on the menu. We just sat down and this is what this woman is going to bring us. And she brings us these big flat slivers of pork belly. And it was really good. It had like a fatty skin that she just left the skin around the outside. So as we were cooking it on the grill, the skin gets all crispy, kind of like bacon. And so we just had this like crisp skin along the edge of the the pork belly. And then we took this big, uh, flat, long piece and chopped it up into little strips. So basically we cooked it as this, uh, this big flat piece and then cut it into strips before we ate it. One of the things that was cool about the grill is that a lot of places you go and it's just like a flat grill. This was actually slanted and there was a drain that we asked her where the drain goes to and the drain just goes to nowhere. So it was fun that it was slanted because we put all kinds of veggies and things on the grill and we put them at the bottom put the pork belly at the top, and then we just let the fat just drip down and, and really run down over this grill onto all of the food at the bottom. So basically everything that we had was just cooked in this pork fat. So I'm missing one key thing, uh, an important part that we had, which is the kimchi. Of course, kimchi is critical in any Korean barbecue situation. What was amazing about this place is that this woman makes her own kimchi and ages it for a long time. So she brought us two batches of kimchi. One was, she told us, from the previous fall. And we were like, okay, that seems like a long time. The other was aged three years. So she brings us this kimchi that's aged three years, and it was just unbelievably acidic. Now, we uh, we got the whole lesson from our chef who was telling us about how the fatty pork and the acidic kimchi is just an unbelievable combination, and that's part of what makes them so good together. The longer the kimchi ages, the more acidic it gets. So this kimchi, sometimes you eat kimchi raw or you don't cook it. You just put it right on the meat. This we had to cook on the grill because it was just a little bit too strong and they don't recommend just eating it straight. So we put the three-year-old kimchi at the bottom of the grill and let the pork fat roll over it and let the whole thing just cook and bubble in this pork fat. And it was just, it was very strong. I don't, there's not a great way to describe it except to say that it was really acidic and fermented. I have to be honest, I don't know that I liked it more than regular kimchi. It was a unique experience. I think if I was at a normal restaurant and they gave me a choice between standard fresh kimchi or recently made kimchi versus the three-year, I don't think that I would make an entire meal out of the three-year. But the experience, and for me, having this once-in-a-lifetime type experience is such an important part of eating in general. So, uh, you know, nothing tops it. And I think of all the meals that I had in Korea, uh, very little lives up to being able to say that I tried this three-year-old kimchi, which, and I'll say, you know, I, it was maybe not uh, my favorite or what I would choose for any meal, but it was really good. It wasn't like I just tried it as a gag and said, okay, that's gross, but I don't really want to eat more. It was very good. So I'm being honest in saying that it wasn't like my favorite and that, uh, you know, some different type of kimchi might have been better, but it still was very good to try. The rest of the meal was pretty standard, uh, about, I guess, as standard as it could be, considering I started with uh, one ingredient was meat that you can't get in America, and two was kimchi that had been aged for three years. But then we also had all kinds of side dishes. Uh, we had lettuce to make lettuce wraps, and then we had uh, chili peppers, we had pickled radishes, we had garlic in whole cloves, and we were throwing all of that onto the grill. And it was great to just try lettuce wraps with different combinations with the radish. And we had some uh, little sauces and this, like, I think it was like a bean paste. Um, and then to just, like, to grill and cook up the chilies and the garlic in the pork fat. It was so good. We were actually, I don't know if I've ever done this, but we were literally just eating cloves of garlic. Because at the end, we were just uh, trying to eat everything in front of us. 
So we would just take the garlic that was charred and grilled and then put it in sauces and just eat it. So we had really good lettuce wraps and, uh, you know, mixing all the ingredients together. We actually, we had a second kind of meat. So the, the first meat was a pork belly, which was just delicious. And then we also got the jowls from the Jeju black pig. I don't know if I've ever eaten a jowl before of, of a pig. Um, it was tougher, not like fat, um, but it was just like a tougher and chewier meat, but also really good. Kind of, uh, they, they both had kind of a smoky flavor. I mean, we were literally, we were in a smoke-filled room um, grilling everything it was, and, and like everything had kind of that smoky flavor. Um, but it was cool to try the two different cuts of meat. And again, I don't know if I've ever had jowl before, but, uh, you know, I, a lot of places I don't know if you can order the jowl, um, but it, it was uh, it was cool to try that and, and have two different cuts of meat to mix in, in in the lettuce wraps or separate. I don't think I ate them together in the lettuce wrap, uh, but uh, sort of uh, try them try them separately and uh, get to experience the difference between them. I wish that I could better articulate the difference between the uh, t the taste of the meat and other cuts of meat. Even we had a professional chef with us, and he was also having trouble articulating, um, which makes me feel a little bit better. He was saying it has a had a strong meaty flavor was kind of the consensus around the table, which probably is uh, true of most cuts of meat. I wish there was a better way to describe it, but you can if you go and uh, read my piece. For Sports Illustrated, there are actually multiple videos of the whole day, and so definitely go check out the video. You can see it. You can hear this uh, the meat simmering on the grill as the whole thing cooks, and you can probably get a little bit better of an idea of what we were eating that day. We also tried some stuff that didn't make the video. We had – I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but uh, the English transliteration I wrote down was chungguk jang, which is basically a smelly stew, <laughs> and I think this is just a – Korean uh, traditional dish. Now, they really, like I said, pork belly was like the only thing on the menu. And uh, there were just a couple of other sides and different things that we could try, one of which was this smelly stew, which uh, we tried it and you you lean in close and, and waft it and get a good smell because it really did smell gross. Um, and then it was made with this seaweed thistle inside. So we took a taste of it and it actually wasn't that bad. Um, but it was just funny to try something where they serve you something and acknowledge, hey, this smells terrible, but just get past the smell and maybe you'll like it. So it was funny to uh, to take our meal, which was mostly just meat and veggies, and then complement it with uh, something else. So it was nice to try the stew, even though the smell was pretty gross. And then lastly, for the second time that day, we finished off our meal with a dessert bibimbap where we were finished. Uh, we did not eat the uh, the meat with a rice, but then after we were done most of the meat – the woman brought out some rice and some sesame oil and seaweed, and she had this homemade kimchi paste. I don't know what exactly uh, goes into the paste, but I guess as part of the kimchi making process, uh, she had this kimchi flavored paste. And so she took the rice and put it on the grill right in the fatty part. So we, we basically – everything was just drenched in pork belly fat. And so right in the middle of the grill where there was the most fat, we just put a, a big glob of rice and mixed in all the other ingredients and then on our way out the door, we were able to have some uh, some rice and fill up even more. We'd already filled up quite a bit on the first meal, which I mentioned in episode 19, and then continue about our day, just gorge on all kinds of meat and kimchi and lettuce and all kinds of other stuff. And then, uh, you know, on your way out the door, why don't you try some rice? And it was really good just having this basically a, uh, a dessert pork belly flavored rice, which also was just another dish that you have to try. Part of me wishes she had brought it earlier and we knew we were going to be eating that, but Obviously, anyone who knows me and listens to this podcast knows I was going to clear my plate and eat everything that was put in front of me. So it was uh, it was cool to try this with the homemade kimchi paste in it, too.
And that was my day. Two incredible meals, four hours apart. It was a lot of fun, not only getting to eat them, but being able to write about them. And I'm really glad that we had a video team there to capture everything and be able to go back and watch those later. So again, I know that a lot of times I talk about meals that are available in the United States and I say, oh, you should go check out this restaurant and here's what you should order. And then every once in a while, I have to focus on a place that uh, you know I know a lot of you may never end up making it to. And this is probably number one on that list, but it was awesome. And I'm glad that I, uh, I have this podcast to be able to describe some of these incredible meals. And, you know, let me know if you're ever making it out to the east coast of Korea, I will see if I can work some connections and try and get you into the Yongle Persimmon Treehouse. So thanks, everybody, for checking this out and listening. You can go back and listen to all of them. We're now up to 20 episodes and most episodes are 10 to 15 minutes, so you could even go back and listen to the whole thing in about four hours. So if you're new here because of the meals from Korea, go back and subscribe and check them out. Most episodes are me by myself, but there are a bunch of them that have my friends on as guests, including a few with my fiance, which I think are the most popular episodes we have. You can subscribe in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. You can write me a rating and a review in iTunes. A bunch of people, especially early on, let me know what they think, which was a lot of fun. You can let me know where I should go next. Again, I'm back in New York and ready to hit some restaurants on my New York City bucket list, so tell me where I should head to next. You can follow me at Mitch Goldich on Twitter or Instagram for food pictures. You can also like my Facebook page so you see every new episode. Lastly, you can email me at MitchEatsFood at gmail.com, and then make sure you tell all your friends so that they check out the podcast too. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs>